episode of Archibiz Unpacks Marketing, I'm talking with Dave Sharp of Vanity Projects, and we're talking all things social media. Dave is a marketing coach and strategist for small architecture practices. He advises directors on how to approach their marketing each month to achieve the best results for their practice. And Dave also hosts the Architecture Firm Marketing Podcast and writes marketing guides at vanityprojects.com. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Beck. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Uh, so we'll get straight into it today. Architects are often told that they should have a marketing strategy. Can you share with us your thoughts on what a marketing strategy is? Yeah. So you've got kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly sort of separate the difference between maybe a marketing plan and a marketing strategy, because I think there's some confusion that architects kind of deal with there. Um, a marketing plan is like a sort of a written business document that just gives like an overall summary of all the different things you're going to be doing with your marketing. And there's some really good, there's some really good resources out there for that. Like in particular, a book called one page marketing plan, I think is a really good introduction that I see being really helpful for a lot of architects, just explaining the basic things. What, who's our target audience? What's our message? How are we framing our services and what channels are we going to use? So those different things. But as far as like the marketing strategy and side of it, and what I spend a lot of time talking to clients about is more about breaking down the different steps of the journey that a client will go, go on on the way to becoming a client of your practice. So from the very first time that they kind of come across you, and how you sort of frame yourself, where they find out about you, how you stand out from other architects. Then once they're aware of you, how do you kind of hang on to them over six months, 12 months and continue to sort of build your brand with those individual prospects? And then how, does, how do they eventually go from being just somebody who's aware of you online or you know, through your marketing into somebody who you might be sitting across from you know, discussing their project? So it's about figuring out all those steps in the journey and then trying to work out what can we do to improve how it's going at each of those steps. Is there any particular channels we need to use, types of content we need to create? So I think of architects having a marketing strategy as just making sure that they're aware of that, that they're, that they're doing something proactive at each of those steps to make sure that they're improving the likelihood that somebody is going to come across that full journey and not get lost at any particular step. Great. Thank you for distinguishing between a marketing plan and a marketing strategy. Well, I get, I get confused. <laughs> so, so I think everybody got it. Like, is it, does it need to be like a written thing or is it more of like a, a process for kind of, and the, and it's sort of, yeah, a bit of both. And you might end up like writing something down as kind of a plan or a blueprint that you can kind of refer back to kind of like a business plan or it might just be a process that you discuss like as a team or with a consultant to just kind of work out what you should be doing at like a top level. Then, then yeah, so some aspect of the two. Yeah, great. And so what's the role of social media in that strategy or in those touch points along the client journey then? Yeah, so social media, you'll when you go through each of those steps, you'll start to see, oh, social media can help there. Social media can help there. Like it'll serve lots of different roles. So the first thing that I think a lot of us think about is it's kind of brand awareness or exposure, you know, so the stuff that we post on social media will get seen by people that haven't seen our practice before, or 
you know, maybe we'll get when somebody follows another architect, it'll say, hey, you should follow this architect too. So there's all of this kind of first point of contact stuff that can happen that that sort of it promotes you and gives you that publicity, which can happen when your posts do well. So it definitely serves that role. Um, then there's that longer term thing where you're getting multiple opportunities to speak to your audience or your followers or whatever, depending on the platform, depends what they are, but multiple posts, multiple stories, multiple articles, whatever you're sharing over time, um, you're holding on to them as a group of people. And each time that they see a post from you, they learn a little bit more about you uh, or, or they get a better understanding or they become more interested in you. So there's that sort of, we would use the word like retention, you're retaining them over that period of time and getting that follow-up, which is really important. Um, but then you can also, yeah, social media also is a, it can be a really powerful sort of sales tool if you actually want to go more on the offense really or, or be proactive like LinkedIn, for example, you could look up, say you want to work with certain kinds of developers, you could look up their company, find their employees, send connection requests, you know, send messages. You can, you can be more proactive, uh, even though it's still social media, you can use it in kind of different ways. Uh, a lot of architects will use direct messages on Instagram to reach out to people that they think could be particularly good clients. And that's pretty common when people are doing commercial or hospitality type work, but in the residential, it's usually more of those first two parts. But so, so it fits a bunch of different things. Social media is very versatile and, and, and it will bring a bunch of different benefits to your studio uh, and fill several gaps, hopefully in your marketing plan, if you use it fully and do all the things that you can do with it. Yeah, so you've highlighted that there are a number of different platforms out there. How mm. does a firm know what's the right um, platform for them? Which, should they be using one or multiple? How do they go about making yeah, a what to do? Yeah, so I, I think that they should probably, in general, you do want to diversify and not be completely dependent on just one platform. But the choices are actually a lot narrower than they seem. What uh, the plat There's a lot of different platforms out there, but for the most part for architects, um, Instagram is the main platform that, that most, you know, is generally where we're kind of marketing on followed by LinkedIn, which didn't used to be that great, but it's actually become pretty good in the last few years, um, is, is, is definitely a relevant platform. And those are really the main two. So as far as just sharing posts and updates, if that's what we're talking about, you know, putting advertising aside, but just finding a, finding a social media channel where you're going to set up a profile and then stick to a schedule of posting certain types of content every, every so often, it's really going to be probably mostly Instagram and then maybe a little bit of LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, they're there, but they're not, they're not widely used. And I don't encourage firms to spend a lot of time focusing on sharing and maintaining a profile on those platforms. And that's just because it's they're slightly, wouldn't say less popular, but a little bit less relevant. And posts that that architects share on those platforms don't tend to do quite as well. Um, and then the final platform that is very much like the up and coming platform is TikTok, and it's like not taken super seriously. But watch out for TikTok; it's definitely going to be like a major, major platform. Um, and so what do we do with that? I don't know. <laughs> so, are you seeing I, architects on there already? Not at all, like barely, <laughs> barely at all. I think there are a lot of architects that are on there as users, 
following other people, enjoying, like entertained by it, addicted to it, even to it in a similar way to maybe how they used to feel more about Instagram. But Instagram has kind of become a little bit less exciting and interesting over time, a little bit more crowded and cluttered and but TikTok is this kind of new, exciting thing. And there's a lot of people posting really interesting stuff. So I'm not suggesting that architects rush out and think, okay, we need a TikTok strategy. And I'll say like full disclosure, I'm not across 30, 30 to 40 firms I'm working with currently, not a single one of them we're working on anything to do with TikTok. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it comes to like talking about what platforms you kind of want to consider or think about, that's just in the back of your mind, pay a little bit of attention to that. But really, I think as far as just sharing stuff freely on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn are pretty much the only game in town. Um, and so the choices shouldn't, shouldn't really be that overwhelming. There's, those are really the main things to focus on. Yeah, great. So we're going to talk about Instagram in a minute. But before we go on to that, I did want to ask you about LinkedIn. Who, um, what sort of practices would be using LinkedIn or how would they be going about using it? Is it those that do resi or hospitality, commercial? How does that sort of fit together? I think it's a great question. I think LinkedIn is better suited to firms that are doing business to business marketing, where the the, your prospects, your target clients are visible companies, organizations, institutions, government bodies, uh, where there's specific individuals that have job titles, decision makers at these companies, and you can be quite targeted in terms of identifying who your potential clients are. So it can be really, really good for any of that kind of work um, where, they're, where you're dealing with other businesses. Uh, I think it's great for that, but it can also be relevant for residential as well because professionals are active on there. Um, successful people, entrepreneurs, business people, people that need houses, <laughs> people that need extensions. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very nicely targeted audience of people as well in terms of developing your network. If not quite as effective as it is for business to business, it can still be used for business to consumer and you can also think about using it to build potential referral sources in the property industry as well, whether that's real estate agents, builders, uh, structural engineers, you name it, like people that are actively on there sort of hustling for their own company. Um, that there's possibly um, some mutually beneficial relationships that you can strike up. Uh, but like any platform, you still need to have... Um, I guess, a point of difference. You need to be like on the platform with a mission focused on a very specific kind of crowd of people. Uh, but there's a lot that you can do there. Uh, and it's, it's a very, it opens up a lot of different doors um, compared to just Instagram, which is, is effective, but kind of limiting in certain ways about what you can actually do on there. And if you're doing kind of commercial or non-residential architecture, I think you're far better off on LinkedIn than you are. Um, on trying to build your fans and followers on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, great. That's a great insight, particularly around referrals and LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so earlier this year, you published Instagram for Architects, the definitive strategy and hashtag guide. How important is Instagram as a channel um, in that marketing arsenal for a practice? Instagram's pretty important. Um, and it's been the main it's been the main social media channel um, that's relevant for almost every type of architecture practice. And the more design focused they are as a practice, which 
is you know a weird terminology but let's just say how important is design and aesthetics uh and images to the kind of the content that they market themselves on right if if photography of their projects and and just really amazing looking work uh is is the foundation of you know how How their firm attracts clients and how they differentiate themselves from other practices which is the conventional approach that a lot of firms take. They kind of differentiate and market themselves based on, you know, the 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 kind of the, the house style of their work. Um, not every firm does that, but it's a big part of what so many firms do and how and how they get themselves seen and they show the best of what they can do. And and Instagram is really fantastic for doing that. It's a it's a photography platform, first and foremost, where really attractive images um, can reach a really big audience. And that's its core and that's what it's really good at doing. And if firms are producing really attractive images, which traditionally they are or doing their best to do that, then it pairs really nicely with what they're already doing. So that's why it's been so important because to move from pre-Instagram where you're focused on maybe, you know, putting your work up on your website and your portfolio, submitting it to magazines or publications, submitting it to awards, so much of that is photographic that, the translation of that over to Instagram was pretty natural. So it's been really important. But then as Instagram has grown and changed, it started doing all these other things as well. Um, You know, uh, Instagram stories are an amazing way for firms to just kind of keep a daily update running with their followers. And I think that's where uh, most practices now are giving people that real sense of, hey, this is what we do. This is our process. This is what we're up to and what we're working on. And the reason that that's been so great for architects is that you don't need to pay a photographer to produce your photos every day. Right? We only have projects so often. So we get these big chunks of photos. We have to space them out throughout the year to the best of our ability. Uh, and that's quite challenging. All right. But stories have meant that, you know, you can just be using your phone and sharing updates on everything and anything from what you had to, had for lunch to like what you're doing on your latest project. So that's opened up a lot of opportunity for architects and so instagram is getting more and more useful for that um but yeah i (laughs) back i sort of forgot the question a little bit there (laughs) (laughs) oh well i think you've you've been pretty clear on sharing that it is uh, a huge part of the marketing arsenal um yeah but i do need to ask you know as a guru on instagram what's your one number one tip for increasing the number of followers as a as a practice can I give you like four or five tips? Yes, the more the better. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I'll try to do it in kind of a rough order. I think the most important thing for the, the majority of practices is to focus on posting more often. Uh, a lot of the time our accounts are growing, not growing or growing really slowly because we're just not posting enough and we're not getting enough of our content out there. So posting more often is important. Multiple times a week I would aim for um, and not you know, sticking to a kind of once every two weeks, once every five weeks kind of schedule, if you're really serious about making progress. But that leads to the next question, which is, well, what are we, what are we going to post? We've run out of photos, which is, you know, the typical scenario that most firms find themselves in. And that's where I'd say, don't be afraid to post an image that you've posted before again and again and again, and obviously done tastefully spaced out appropriately. But it's okay six months down the track to take that really amazing image and give it like a second sort of second wind. That's by posting it to your feed again, that's absolutely fine. So managing your good photos and being aware of, hey, we haven't posted this photo in a while. Let's, you know, bring it back out, 
bring one of the greatest hits back out that can really not only allow you to post more often, but if if your most successful and most powerful photos are getting more opportunities to be seen, posting different days of the week, different times of day and, and getting seen by a whole new group of people, then you're going to see great results from that. Um, the third tip that I would really recommend would be invest in great photography. If you're ever, you know, given two options, the, the kind of the cheap crappy option and the really good, amazing option when it comes to photography, like bite the bullet, go with the better photographer, go with the better known photographer. Um, it's going to have a lasting positive return on investment across your marketing and absolutely everything you're doing to have the best photography that you can get your hands on. Um, so really focus on that. And the same thing goes for renders as well. Um, upcoming projects, particularly if you're in residential, takes a really long time to build a house. And you've had this amazing design, these awesome ideas, but you've got this sort of 12 months, 16 months where that projects, it's going to take a long time before you get those photos. So in the meantime, renders can be really amazing. So that's just about making maybe a little bit of budget available for that sort of thing. Uh, and finally, the final tip would be run Instagram ads, which is okay. sort of a, a, a weird one, but that will definitely um, help you to get seen by people who would like your like to see your work. And then they have the opportunity to follow you. So it's, it's that way that you can get discovered and it might not lead to hundreds of followers a month. It might not, you know, it, it might not feel like anything to write home about, but it's the one way that you can really guarantee that the followers that you are gaining up are the kind of people that you, that you're looking to target anyway, that they could actually be potential clients. So they're kind of in your area, they're of the right kind of demographics or age group or and you get these extra sort of filters that you can layer on when you run an ad, like are they interested in renovation, home improvement, architecture, interior design, all this sort of stuff that you can kind of do. So I think promoting your posts is just a really good way. And it might mean that you spend $100 a month and you gain 100 followers and that doesn't feel like a big deal, but it's a lot better to have 100 real targeted followers than 1,000 people in Brazil and China and South Africa and places where it's like whatever it really doesn't have anything to do with the bottom line of how you actually do business so i think it's in, i think it's a really effective strategy to get better quality followers is through through some form of advertising if it's just promoting your posts that have done well and then hitting that promote button and giving that a go or setting up a more complicated sort of instagram ad campaign uh either option will be helpful so those those will be my gaining followers and growing Instagram tips. That's, those would be the things that I would, you know, focus on. That's excellent. And I think on that last one, that's a, a really interesting point. When you're ad using a post and advertising with it, does there need to be a call to action around what you want people to do in order to follow you or something like that? Is there, you know, if you think about that traditional uh, marketing activity, normally when you've got an ad spend, there's something that's specific that you want the people that are looking at it to do. How does that work for Instagram ads? Yeah. So if you're going to take an existing Instagram post and promote it, you'll definitely want to change the caption so that it's it works better as an ad, right? Like we don't need all the hashtags anymore. It doesn't just have to be information out of the pro about the project. Because you have to imagine if you're seeing that for the very first time and it's sort of saying, this staircase was a real challenge for our client. And it just, you know, it seems like just so out of context to see that appear in your feed, you'd be going like, oh, what the, what's this, you know? So generally speaking uh, with those promotions, it's best to 
either just play it safe and just have the caption basically be that sort of 30 second elevator pitch of your practice. So don't even, it doesn't even have to like touch on the photo. It can just sort of say, you know, our practice does this, this, and this for people who are blah, 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 like something like that. And then you don't even really need to go too hard with a call of action, call to action. You don't need to say, follow us for more amazing content. You don't have to do anything like that. Generally speaking, you can just kind of put a little bit of a description of the practice. And then when you're actually selecting, what do we want to happen when people click on this ad? You know, what, where, where are they taken to? You can either say, well, our website, or you could take them to your Instagram profile. And so taking them to your Instagram profile so that when they click learn more and then they're taken to your profile is usually the best bet in terms of them following you because they're interested, they want to learn more, they come to your profile. And if they like the look of your feed, they like your profile and they feel like there's some good quality there, they're very likely to follow you. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Uh, And you touched on Instagram stories before. More broadly, how important is video when it comes to social media and are are architects beginning to embrace it? Well, I think they should. Um, For the most part, they aren't yet. Uh, It's still seen as this kind of um, privileged, prestigious thing that certain firms can afford or get or, you know, but but the average firm just sees like, oh, video, how could we possibly get that, right? We have this idea that it's really expensive or really, really difficult. Uh, but it's come, to a, it's come down to a point now where it's very accessible. And I think firms can really start getting video as part of their marketing for around the same sort of price they're currently spending on photography. They're, they're, it's becoming quite competitive. And so yeah, video is massive. I think it's important, even though people aren't doing it very much, because it really, it's the closest thing you can get to visiting the building without visiting the building. I think it just conveys so much more and it, it, it holds onto people's attention. Like you can put a five, 10 minute video exploring every little facet of the house, talking about the ideas, doing all this really amazing stuff. It's full of feeling and it keeps me hooked for five to 10 minutes or however long that video is. So you're really just getting so much across. So it's pretty amazing. And there's some really good examples, I think, uh, the designer motive that Anthony Richardson runs uh, on YouTube is great. The local project has a has a wonderful YouTube channel. Uh, Never too small is another good channel. Uh, there's a videographer in Queensland who does a lot of good work with architects called Angela Leonardi. Uh, so they're they're really focused on documenting buildings in this sort of beautiful way. And then there are also channels like Archi Marathon, which is a collaboration between Andrew Maynard and Kevin Huey. And they sort of talk more about the process and what it's like being an architect and the ideas behind these buildings. Uh, and there's a couple of others out there, but there's some really just great channels. And so for, for the average architect, they can either think about possibly doing it themselves. And then if they decide to do that, they have to be kind of committed to learn a new skill. It's obviously, you know, the first video you make, you make is you're not going to be very good at it. So it has to be something that you're interested in that you would want to almost do as a hobby if you're going to do it yourself. Otherwise, you just find somebody uh, like a photo- basically, you know, speak to your photographer. I, I'm seeing quite often these days that photographers themselves are the ones that are actually starting to get into video. So have a chat with your photographer, your architectural photographer, and see if they have any recommendations. Um, and and get just get a rough idea of what it would cost for an upcoming project to get like a really beautiful five minute video made. Uh, you might be surprised; it, it really isn't that uh, out of reach anymore. Yeah, fantastic. 
Now, I know you said uh, at the start of the interview that Facebook was low on the priority list for social media for architects. Um, obviously, we've had a, a big issue here in Australia following the, the news debacle with uh, Facebook news. What's been the fallout um, that you've noticed with Facebook being uh, used here both by architects and by people in general, like from that client perspective, I guess? It's so unusual because I think that, like the weird thing about Facebook is how many people use it. I think there's something like 13 million active monthly users in Australia and it's got more, apparently more people use it than Instagram, right? Significantly more people. And you just kind of find that quite hard to believe, but, uh, but because it just isn't very relevant. People don't really talk about it. Businesses aren't really using it actively anymore. I don't, I don't think I have a single client who is actively using their Facebook account. It's, and I rarely encounter an architect that is. Uh, and when they do, the results are so uh, disappointing and, 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 and very, very not worth the time of doing it that it just, does, it just isn't really on the radar for so many businesses and, and doesn't fit into many of our marketing strategies. As far as those recent events that have happened with Facebook, I mean, people have been leaving Facebook or quitting Facebook for since Facebook started, right? There's always something that that company is doing wrong that is annoying or upsetting people and they're leaving. It just doesn't seem to significantly damage that product. And it, it's probably overshadowed by just the general loss of interest of people with Facebook in general. general. Um, that company are moving all of their resources to Instagram, basically. They sort of see Instagram as like the relevant, useful attractive version of what Facebook kind of was. And now it's, and you actually compare the two, they're quite similar products, Facebook and Instagram, you know, uh, except one's more about images. The other one's more about articles and news and stuff. So the use case for Facebook for architects, it's not, it hasn't been there for a while. There are some exceptions. You, you can actually, particularly if you're interested in sort of the lower end of the residential market, whether that maybe smaller renovations, uh, extensions and things of that nature. There are a lot of Facebook groups and communities that have popped up around those things, which I've seen some good results for residential firms that get involved in those groups or those niches, uh, or if a practice is quite focused on just servicing their local area, there can be some quite good groups that can pop up around things going on in the local area. So there is still some stuff to be done there on Facebook. Um, but in general, it's, yeah, uh, regardless of what's going on pol uh, politically around the company, uh, architects just really shouldn't be using it as, as something that they just post to. However, when it comes to running ads, it's a completely different story. Facebook is still uh, an absolute go-to for doing any kind of social media advertising campaign. I, I'd say even more so than Instagram, weirdly. So it's 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 not something that you should completely ignore from that point of view. But as far as like posting to it, I, I think that ship sailed a long time ago. Um, but I, I still would encourage architects to look into running Facebook ads, uh, particularly if um, particularly if they have a really specific goal for their marketing. Say, for example, they're trying to get people to a certain page on their website to sign up for something or join their mailing list or download a guide, download a brochure. If they're looking to really drive lead generation and get leads that they can market to um, outside of Instagram, right? And just through their website, then Facebook ads are a really good go-to for that. 
Yeah, that's really valuable to draw that distinction. I think, you know, that's the, what we've noticed as well, that Facebook ads is really powerful and more powerful than Instagram ads. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as, as a, a platform to be, I guess, serving up, yeah, content that, that isn't driven by that promotion aspect, it's um, yeah. far, less, far less effective. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and obviously, given that Facebook owns Instagram and Facebook well, if they're to be judged on their past behaviour, they, you know, probably not the up of, uh, you know, corporate modelling. Uh, yeah. How can practices go about protecting themselves should there be algorithm or policy changes that don't work in their favour? And we see a mass exodus happen from Instagram in the future based on changes they may make. Yeah, well, like I mean, it's the thing is these these platforms they gradually become really un uh, unproductive uh, over time uh, as as places that you can market on for free and build an or, uh, organic audience and just share stuff and see good results out of that. I think uh, people are already uh, quite disillusioned with Instagram um, from a from a marketer's point of view. Uh, it doesn't have the same sort of uh, excitement around it that I think a couple of years ago or three years ago there were that was much more palpable architects were really excited about you know getting likes getting followers ah it was also stimulating and interesting and it and it did all this stuff but people now are a little bit more like okay I know you know they feel it's become more of they feel like well I have an obligation to post stuff on Instagram and personally I like that because I think it was a little bit, um, I think that the areas of marketing that are exciting or sexy or cool or, or help boost your ego are usually some of the least productive areas because everyone dives in, everyone jumps in on the bandwagon and there's suddenly just too many people, too many businesses, too many architects all doing the same thing as each other. So I like it when it kind of becomes a little bit more dull and uninteresting because then all the a lot of people just drop off and <laughs> so your competition disappears and that creates more opportunity for anybody who wants to do some serious marketing. So there's still lots of good things to be doing on Instagram. Uh, but as far as kind of thinking about the future and making sure that your practice is in a position where you're not just going to get, you're not going to be one of those businesses kind of crying foul because, Hey, we had all these followers and now we can't even post to them. The algorithm is doing us dirty, like all this sort of stuff you've heard a million times. Uh, that's just about being, you know, diversified and making sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. So I actually spend most of my time talking to architects about the areas of their marketing that really aren't that sexy or new or interesting, you know, websites, SEO, building up an email list, running some ads, doing some things like that, as well as like content, you know, writing, podcasting, making videos, that stuff's really great too. Um, PR, digital PR, getting published, emailing journalists, just all this kind of stuff that's, um, you know, it's always going to be there. It's not algorithmed as much. Um, it's, you know, whatever goes on, like goes on with Facebook today doesn't really impact it. And that's the sort of stuff that can be really important to kind of um, build over the long term. That's going to be there after Facebook, after Instagram, after TikTok. You know, I mean, it's become, I think it's a well-known thing that, you know, people in marketing recommend um, that you should really focus on email. You should really focus on your website because they're kind of things that you own and you're in control of them. Um, 
and and that's pretty pretty true um and so the the less reliant um an architect is on just you know in so many cases just instagram or or just getting published which i think is even worse right um a practice that really only relies on i hope we win some awards and i hope we get in a magazine otherwise we're not going to get any clients this year (laughs) that's there are obviously (laughs) yeah there's a there's a fair bit of that out there obviously on top of you know word of mouth and referral from past clients and all that sort of stuff and the personal network but but you know that's that's like an extreme example of you really have to hope that you you, that, that that works out for you um but so it's better to broaden things out a little bit and to not you know overindulge in one particular platform over over another um so yeah I, I i would say generally move away from anything facebook's touching slowly um start looking at other options and think you know maybe we're maybe we've done enough over there let's start looking elsewhere and if a if a practice was kind of coming out the gates today and starting their marketing from scratch I mean, they might set up like a really simplified version of a, a strategy on Instagram, but I'm going to get them working on other things straight away. Like I, I wouldn't start, I wouldn't start an Instagram account today, most likely, and, and look at, look at building that over the next couple of years. I think that's not a very good area to set up shop. Um, so hello, TikTok instead or... Probably, I mean, it's only a matter of time. As soon as I, as soon as I said, like, there are a couple. I think there are a couple of architects that are already. I mean, there's one in particular, this uh, British guy who's like become a architectural celebrity through his TikTok account. So, so there's a little bit of stuff going on. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I know I, you can tell I'm obviously thinking about TikTok because <laughs> I really like it. TikTok, Clubhouse, there's all these platforms that are really like starting to get quite interesting. Substack, which is like a newsletter platform. No, you know, no one's really thinking about these ones, but these are, these are, yeah, these are turning into something. So we'll see like to be determined, but eventually somebody will figure out what to do there for architecture and then we'll be off to the races. Everyone will want to be, want to be doing something there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Dave, I guess um, looking back on the year that's been, what have you, you know, how's the how have the events of twenty twenty really changed architecture marketing in your eyes? Well, first, I think it was like a little bit of a wake up call for some practices that had maybe um, just kind of coasted a little bit, uh, maybe got a little bit complacent with their marketing. I think those. Um, those first sort of six months of the year last year uh, highlighted to some practices, you know, how difficult it is to sort of spin up a marketing plan in a hurry. And it's not something that you can just flick on, like, you know, like turning on a light switch. (laughs) It's like a slow process. So you're better off kind of, you know, getting started as early as possible. And even if you're just doing like a little bit every month, it's way better than just kind of going, ah, you know, we're okay for now. So let's just sort of ignore or avoid marketing for a long time. So I think operationally, there were some changes. I saw a lot of people in the second half of last year really coming with a much better set of attitudes or behaviors towards marketing where they were like, well, that was stressful. We got through it, but we now kind of think, oh God, like if this happens again in the future, we want to be much better prepared and have more potential sources of clients than what we were relying on. So I saw that change quite a bit. Um, The other thing that was kind of different was that firms started picking up clients that weren't in their city. Um, and so that started to open up new kind of opportunities. Like I had clients in the UK that were working, that were like picking up houses in Switzerland and Australian firms that were picking up houses in 
Indonesia and Russia and New Zealand picking up practices, picking up projects in America. There was like all this crazy stuff going on where for the first time architects were designing projects as projects in places they hadn't visited with clients they hadn't met. Um, and that was not what I, I mean, I always felt that that could, that that was going to be a natural outcome of as we start marketing online more and less in our local, you know, we're less reliant on business cards and site signage and local magazines and more reliant on Instagram, Google, you name it. We're going to naturally find that people are going to be located all around the world and they're going to start reaching out and going, Hey, could you design my house? And we really started seeing that happen. So, so when that started happening for some practices, they started thinking, oh, this is really interesting and exciting. And it really expands where our projects could possibly come from. Let's do more of it. So they started actually thinking, how would we market ourselves so that we could pick up projects in America and South Korea and Italy? And it's, it's cool. So I really, I really like that sort of thing. And I think that, I think the third change was um, people, people realized that they had to start obviously meeting clients over zoom and doing those initial stages over zoom. And so some of them started working out kind of different ways to offer their services early on in the, in the picture, whether that was kind of like a one or two hour consultation or like a master plan service or feasibility things where they would create like a structured program and put a price tag on it. And sort of, they sort of reinvented those early steps of the process uh, quite a few firms experimented with that in 2020 and they saw really amazing results. There was a heap of demand for that. Um, like I, I was working with firms that made over $50,000 <laughs> just in terms of Zoom bookings in 2020 uh, with clients that they were potential clients that they would have otherwise just normally met with at their office. But far fewer they would have met with physically. They met with so many more um, online and through zoom and these consultations and all these different models that these firms experimented with were incredible and really interesting. And so that was a really big change. So I think it was more about those sorts of aspects of their marketing than necessarily did they post differently on LinkedIn or did they create different types of content? I think a lot of the, the stuff the, a lot of the output pretty much stayed the same. That doesn't change too much day to day, month to month. Um, but it was more in terms of, I think the sales sales related stuff and how they actually interface with clients and handle leads and all that sort of stuff changed a lot. And their general attitude towards marketing and their website and how much they prioritize it, I think changed dramatically more, more, more last year than I've at any other point I've seen um, as long as I've been a consultant for sure. Yeah. It's so exciting to hear. I mean, that piece around firms getting more clear on their sales package is absolutely exciting. I think particularly for an industry where, you know, selling isn't necessarily yeah. strength across the board. Um, but just to hear those sorts of stories, we've, we've had some of our clients doing the same, which has been exciting. And, and also hearing the news that people are collaborating internationally. Um, mm. I think that opens up markets, so particularly for people who work in a niche area, it really opens up your market. And that's, uh, something to, to really watch out for. So I think, you know, there's always a silver lining to every crisis. Yeah. Dave, thank you so much for joining. Hey, it's been awesome to chat and thank you for the insights and, and absolute nuggets that you've shared around marketing. 
Um, if you'd like to learn more about Dave and his marketing coaching process, you can visit vanityprojects.com forward slash forward slash coaching to see how it works and access a range of free resources to help you get started. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. Thanks, Beck. It was a pleasure.